Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. Right on. Glad to be back, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Glad glad to be doing it. Been one hell of a hiatus, man. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there's always something getting in the way, huh? Yeah, family life, life and family, probably in that order. I I thought it was watching movies. We just, you know. Oh, yeah, that too. You're right. We forget to do the podcast. We're just so into watching movies and TV shows. Yeah, and and anything else uh, related to nerd talk and geeking (laughs) out and everything else. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of movies, I Uh wanted to do, I finally began. Because yeah. it came out on streaming, and uh, and I'm cheap. No, not really. I am kind of cheap, but um, that wasn't the reason. I didn't make it to the movies with you that one time to watch Thor, but I did see Dude. it now. Thor: Love and Thunder. Right? It, it took you long enough, but at least you saw it. Yes, it's out on Disney Plus streaming now. So okay, so you heard mine. So what's well, your take well, on? I, I want to do. Do you remember what you said? I was going to pull up the audio, but uh, okay. do you remember? Do you remember what you reviewed or what you thought of the movie? Yeah, so I want to hear. I want to hear your version again, yeah. and then and then we'll talk. So best recollections of Thor: Love and Thunder from me were that um, it rated very low for me. On a scale okay. of one to ten, I gave it about a four. Now this was also the movie where, if you recall, I had a correction from one of our listeners who said that I mentioned that Jane, uh, Natalie Portman's character, Jane, actually went to go find Thor, which I inaccurately stated. She went to go find Mjolnir because she needed Mjolnir to survive because she was dying of cancer. So I Mm. stood corrected on that. But anyway, getting back to your original question, yeah, yeah, Thor was not very high on my list. Uh, This is one of the few garbage films that Marvel has done. It was a fun film. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But uh, it wasn't one of my favorites, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, well now, when you say uh, when you say garbage, what what do you mean? Okay, so we know that overall, by and large, Marvel has done a fantastic job of turning their comic books into wonderful cinematic films. They not only produce a great story, but they produce a great visual product as well. Yes. But with Thor: Love and Thunder, I just kind of felt like they were. In fact, if I recall correctly, Eric, I felt it was a combination of. A cross between Saturday Night Live and Mad Magazine. Mm. That was the way I referred to it. There was just too much ridiculous slapstick comedy. There was just too many... There were too many ridiculous innuendos. It kind of felt like... Again, like too jokey, too jokey. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't need to include all of the humor in there. Mm. And so that was one of the reasons why I just got turned away from it. Now, there were some, uh, some wonderful moments in it. I won't lie. I also did not really like Christian Bale in the role of Gore the God Butcher. I thought I would because I'm a Christian Bale fan, but in this particular role, I didn't like him. But overall, that's what I recall saying about the film. And uh, I also recall saying that uh, if you could wait for this one to stream... You're probably better off, which is what so. I did. I took yeah, your advice. you took my advice. It's about time. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with a lot of that. Now, you know, I did watch it, and um, you know, go, now here's the thing: going off of what a lot of people had had said, um, yep. you know, I kind of knew it was very jokey, and maybe it was because I was uh, prepared for that. It, it didn't really seem too bad to me, to be honest. Okay, you know, it didn't. It, I, it did have a lot of jokes. It didn't ruin it for me. It didn't pull it out. You know, a lot of people. Um, complained about the goats in there and they thought the goats were ridiculous oh, the, the screaming goats the were screaming ridiculous. Goats. i gotta say i, I kind of liked him i, I gotta oh. admit i think i think i i don't know why i think 
Here, here's here's the the plan. I think with these with these um, Thor movies going forward, just wait, yeah, listen yeah. to what everybody says, wait till all the reviews come out, then watch it when it streams, and then you'll actually like it better. No, but I here's the thing. I think I really liked it. I I think that uh, it was pretty had had the jokes, mm-hmm. had the action. Uh, kind of hit the uh, kind of hit the boxes for me. Checked it. I wasn't expecting much. I got to say the bar was set really low, mm-hmm. and it was because of like from you and from what I heard from everybody else. Ah. I mean, it was they said it was one of the worst Thor movies ever. So the bar was already really low. So I think I, that's what made me actually really enjoy it more. I mean, I'm kind of serious in a way when I said that that you know because of the, all the bad reviews, I kind of enjoyed it more because I was, wasn't expecting anything from it. Okay, interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, it was funny with the uh, Zeus part. Uh, oh, with Russell Crowe playing Zeus? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention that the last time because I wanted to keep that a little surprise. Yeah, yeah. So Russell, I mean, at this point, I don't I don't think we have to worry about spoilers. Pretty much everybody's probably yeah, seen yeah. it. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Russell Crowe, he had a funny part there playing Zeus, and I like his little accent. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. Did you like uh, Did you like his servant girls uh, collapsing when he pulled the uh, robe off yeah, of Thor? Yeah, yeah. All of Thor's clothes oh, go off, and they're all, yeah. they practically faint. That was pretty funny. Right? Um, I did like it. Um, I, I will say, uh, I, I agree with you. I, you know, as far as story wise, I, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm so, I'm kind of so tired though of these redemptive stories. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know the comic books. I don't know anything about gore. It, did he kind of play out what? Do you know the comic books? Did he kind of play out the story in the comic books that that was written for him, or did they take a lot of liberties and re- kind of rewrite his story? I seem to recall Gore the God Butcher being a little bit more, um, a little bit more sinister than Christian Bale portrayed him. Okay. Now, by sinister, I mean that he was more hell bent on. Uh, so, so in the movie, we know that he obviously the movie got set up with his daughter uh, dying, and yes. he went to the gods to cure his daughter. And when they basically told him, hey, we're not real, you're an idiot for believing in us, that's when he decided, okay, I'm just going to go and kill every mother bleeping god for uh, for basically lying to me and what I believe. Yeah. And that was the basis, his daughter dying because of his belief in the gods and um, his lack of faith. That was the motivation. That was the motivation for his revenge, for, for his desire to kill every single god. But in the comics, I seem to remember Gore carrying a lot more... Anger, just a lot more anger. Was it, was it the same story? Was did his daughter die? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Because you know that correctly. that's that's what the, you know that's where they missed it. I think they when they set up the beginning of the movie, yeah, they kind of show it's like who's this guy, and you're seeing yeah. him, and you're like, okay, so he's with his daughter, and yeah, yeah it looks like they're not going to make it. And the the, the it, it just wasn't the connection. I don't think it connected to yeah. the audience as to what right. exactly is going on here, you know. And then yeah, and then it's like okay, so he's mad. Mm-hmm. And then now he's got to do all this, you know, now he's going on this revenge trip. Yeah, the story was pretty yeah. weak. And that's why I say, and then, and then you know, when, when the story wrapped around, come, you know, came full circle when, of course, you know, Gore, I guess, has the chance to either destroy the gods or uh, create life. He ends up, you know, creating life, which is his daughter. Yeah. Uh, basically. Yeah. Um, when, when he meets the, I don't think it's a god, is it a god eternity or is it a different... I think eternity's on a different plane, right? Yeah, correct. So, yeah, see, I, I'm, I'm learning all this stuff as I go. So, right, right. So, anyway, at, at the end of the movie, when he meets eternity, then, you know, he has a, a chance. And, of course, Thor kind of talks to him and he decides to go with his heart and, re, you know, and basically, mm-hmm. re, you know, his daughter is reborn out of that. He gets one wish, I guess, is what 
Yep. What really wasn't described in the movie. See, that's the thing. No, no, no. There's it a wasn't. lot of things in the movie. If you're not in the comic mm-hmm. books, I guess, lore, I had to look this up online because I'm like, wait, what's going on here? I don't well, quite understand what was happening. Well, here's the thing, okay? So this this story I felt uh, was, was um, more difficult. Well, actually, here, now let me rephrase this. So the basis for the storyline that they took for Thor, Love, and Thunder came from a a newer version of the Thor comics where we know that Jane Foster becomes uh, female Thor mm-hmm. and it there it's, it's a different style and it's a different take on the character. And it's not like the Thor comics from the sixties and seventies where most of that material was used uh, to make the first, second and third films. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is that we saw um, a more, a different generational version of Thor. Okay. Because the comics that this uh, story, that this movie was derived from or inspired from uh, comes from comics that have been published within the last, I would say, 15 to 20 years. Oh, wow. Which sounds like a long time, but it really isn't when yeah. you consider how long the Thor comics have been around. So it's, it's meant for a different generation, Eric. It's meant for a younger generation, not those of us who are Gen Xers, but for those who are Gen Zers who dabbled into the comics much later, kind of around the time when comic books stopped being comic books. Okay. And when they had the glossy pages and they had more beautiful art and illustration to them than the previous ones, but they were meant for a different audience. And that's what this movie I felt kind of, was about. Kind yeah. of like more on a graphic novel level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and that, tie, that ties and, in... And more complicated storylines, right? In other words, you have yeah. these expanded universes yeah. now with all these other characters you're pulling so, in. So, yeah. And so Gore the God Butcher wasn't one of the original villains of Thor. Mm, okay. He came along much later as the character developed through the different artists and the different writers that envisioned him over the years. Mm. So in some ways, Gore is a more recent villain. But again, he's a villain, I think, that suits more with the type of, uh, the type of generation that the movie was geared towards, which is more of the Gen Zers, more of the kids who are now in their early to mid-20s who are... Uh, who were born like towards the end of the 20th century and then after 2000. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's, it sounds, and, and the material itself seems like it's very hard, at least the way the story was written is yeah. very hard to interpret it for is. the screen because you have to know this lore yeah. to then understand, okay, the, this is who this character is. I mean, yeah. at the end of it, I had no clue what was going on. That's why I said I had to look it up. It's like all of a sudden he gets to this entity and I don't know who this thing is. And then, uh, you know, and then his daughter comes back. I'm like, okay, yeah. so I guess, I mean, nothing was explained, Yeah, I guess, really. Uh, it's a story that carries more emotional weight. Yeah. It's not like the other Thor comics where it was just about him being the mighty Thor, you know. It carries more emotional weight because, again, it's meant for a younger audience that has to has had to endure more um, of more societal impacts than what your and my mm, generation had to deal with. So it carries more emotional weight, I think, than any of the previous films. And and keep in mind, again, not including Love and Thunder, we've had three Thor films: the first one, the the Dark World, and then um, Ragnarok. Yeah. So those three films don't have nearly the emotional weight that this one does. Well, even the emotional weight I could handle. I think it just, I still got lost. Okay. In other words, still okay. not knowing who okay. they were and what was exactly happening. I mean, they right. tried to explain it in the film and they kind of yeah. explained it. And I think that that's part of it too, is that, you know, in this film, you really have to pay attention to every, even though all the jokes are happening. Mm-hmm. They're trying to lay this story out for you. They're trying yeah. to tell you. Yeah. 
But if you miss, you know, if, if you miss a couple of, of things, yeah. you know, you're still going to be lost. It's not like sometimes, you know, I think in stories, especially ones that are very action packed and, and yeah. people want to turn off their brain a little bit and not be so engaged or they're not used yeah. to being engaged. Yeah. In that way, what happens is that you have to beat them over the head like two or three times with the same thing for them to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. In other words, you have to say, oh, this is eternity, and then yeah. and then go back and say, oh, hey, guess what? Look, we see eternity here again. You have to you have to like throw yeah. this in, in the person's face a few times yep. as an audience member. <laughs> because, yeah, when you're used to watching Thor, you're not used to, like you're saying, to have the, the, the emotional impact of this kind of thing yes. and to delve into these characters, especially if you're not familiar with them, to know exactly what the story is and, and what's happening you know at the time yeah yeah so so i think that that's part of where it missed it and that may be some of the bad reviews that came in too because maybe people had gotten lost which i'm i didn't really hear that but i'm just thinking now maybe that's part of it because that was <clears throat> that was my experience too i had to i enjoyed the movie itself as far as what was exactly going on i wasn't quite sure i probably missed some dialogue somewhere along the way to explain it to me right yeah. well and i think in a sense me too because uh, so uh, one of the things that I was having a hard time coming to grips with was because I was so enraptured with Thor's role in the Avengers and how well Kevin Feige and his writers tied in all of the original Avengers characters into one massive story arc, that mm. being the Infinity story, which culminated with them, you know, doing battle with Thanos in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And this just pops to mind now, just recently, an interview that I heard Kevin Feige give, not only down at D23 Expo, Disney D23, but at Comic-Con back in July, where Kevin Feige said that the, the MCU is now in its most complicated phase because they are coming at the tail end of phase four and starting into phase five, where they are telling stories that don't involve the Avengers. Mm. And he said, right now, they're not sticking to a prescribed roadmap of interconnecting stories the way they did with phases one, two, and three. Now they're basically venturing out on their own. And I think that's another, just for me, I think that's another reason why I couldn't get wrapped around Thor Love and Thunder was because I knew watching the original Thor films that eventually, at some point, they would all come back and coalesce with Captain America yeah. and Iron Man to become the Avengers and then culminate with their battle against Thanos in Infinity War and Endgame. Well, now the gloves are off. Yeah. Now they're able to tell these the stories that they want to tell with no baggage attached to them. Yes. And so for me, that made Thor difficult because I went in expecting, oh, great, a, a standalone Avengers film with Thor, like just like the other ones. But it's not. Totally different. So maybe that's why I also didn't launch onto it that well because my expectations of it were kind of like yours, where I just didn't know what to expect of it. Unlike mm. before, I knew, oh, yeah, 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 this eventually is going to be a, a big badass epic conclusion in, uh, involving Thanos. But now there's no Thanos anymore. Now yeah. there's just whatever they want to do. You know, I'm kind of wondering, too, if, if uh, maybe that's a mistake. Maybe they should have wrapped all these original <laughs> Avengers up um, when they had the chance, you know, uh, well. you know, because I mean, Thor, I mean, listen, Thor's still going to make them money, but, yeah, yeah. and, and that's the other problem too. I, I think, I, I think that's what they are doing. I think Disney is realizing and, and a lot of this intellectual property, especially with star Wars, they're doing it too. Um, they're really, they're really 
focusing on the TV series mm-hmm. and getting away from the big blockbuster movie. And yes. I think with Thor, you know, it was their last, uh, you know, it was one of the one of the big blockbuster here. We're going to make our money back and big punch, and they see it kind of fizzled out. That and Doctor Strange 2, which, I mean, Doctor Strange 2 made a lot at the box office, but it wasn't nearly as successful as... Disney or Marvel thought it was going to be, and and I think it's and I think it does suffer from what you just talked about. You know, people know now there's no more Iron Man. There's no more you know the characters that they loved going. You know, uh, like you said in the first three phases, there's nothing to get are, excited about. Are, are gone. So yeah. you know, there's not. Yeah. There, who's he going to tie in with now? Who wants to see? I mean, Thor with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, uh, who no, cares? No, no, yeah, exactly. That's and that you, you just hit the nail right on the head, Eric. Hmm. With the Captain America, Iron Man, and original Thor films. We were excited about these because we knew what the end result was going to be. We all wanted, those of us who loved the comics, wanted to see Thanos on the big screen. Yeah. And we knew that Marvel had this roadmap planned out for a long time, and this is how they were going to execute it. And they did a great job of it. But now, you just hit the nail on the head. The gloves are off, and now there's nothing to be excited about in terms of the long end results of all of these streaming shows and then the few remaining movies that they're making. So it just feels like right now everything is kind of off the hinge, and um, it's just really hard to get excited about that when there's nothing to get excited about. And and with the new characters, like when you got you know the Eternals movie tanked, right? That was oh yeah. And and I know I did yeah. to, to be honest, I didn't I didn't even watch it. And I have I really have no no uh, what's the word I'm looking here for? I, I have no desire to watch that thing. Let's just say I wouldn't go out and spend twenty five bucks on the Blu-ray 4K <laughs> HD movie disc. I, I don't think well, I don't think I'm going to no. go spend spend any, any just time streaming it from. Right. It's, I think it's on Disney Plus right now, right? But it is, yeah. But but, but the thing is, is that I, I don't, but you know, here's the deal too, is that, you know, you, you had with that property, um, and you still do to a point, but you know, with, with the original characters, I mean, even if you, if you're just a kid along somewhere along your lifetime, you picked up one comic book, you know, you, you knew who Spider-Man were, was, you knew, you know, you maybe didn't get into Thor so much. I never really got into Thor. I just knew he has a guy with a hammer. I didn't know too much about him, right, but right. I mean, you kind of knew some of these characters and, and you had, you know, a little bit of connection with the new, with this new generation of Marvel that they're bringing in, even so much with Captain America and stuff. It's like, I've never even heard of them, you know, cause I wasn't into comic books. And so it wasn't, I didn't even really pass by the newsstand back in the days and you'd walk by newsstand there'd be comic yep. books yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I was like I, you know I didn't know who any, you know it's like I didn't even see him so it's like I'd see Spider-Man I'd see Iron Man I'd see all the ba- you know the Hulk you know your basic main guys mm-hmm. so just what yeah. you were saying kind of, kind of alluding to what you were saying too you know so there was a connection at least in them even if it was loose very loose you know I knew who the Hulk was mm-hmm. I wasn't really you know but wasn't really into his his, his story or I knew who Iron yeah. Man was same whatever yeah so it was kind of cool to see him in these movies, but now moving on, it's kind of like, well, you know, there's really everything is done, you know, with yep. with that with that aspect of it and with that generation of people, yeah. you know, now with the new the next generation of Marvel with with these Eternals with the other characters that unless you're really into the comic book universe, exactly. you're not even yeah. going to know who these people are. You're not going to yeah. really care about what their story is and that yeah. kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So yes, I, that that's a huge problem for them. Mm-hmm. Um, even with even that they they have the uh, you know like you're saying the gloves are off now and they can do all these you know stories. Actually, I think it's kind of better for them to be in a box and to stay in there. You know, with what you're talking yeah. about, yeah. rather than having the gloves off, because you're going to write stories about characters. You can write all the wonderful stories you want, but if people still don't care about these characters going forward, they're not going to go see the movie. Just my perception of this is that they're still betting on the Marvel label, the Marvel name itself, to be the box office seller. 
mm. that they're basically sacrificing good storytelling for the sake of making a dollar, knowing that yeah. Marvel is inscribed the on the top of their product. And they're kind of place hedging all of their bets on that, which is what DC did. And that was one of the big downfalls for DC. Because they knew how popular Superman and Batman were in pop culture and American history. And they said, hey, this is Superman and Batman. We can make the shittiest story out there in the world. People are still going to come see it. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to go see it. But it's not going to be rarely reviewed enough to the point where the studio is going to back you with more money and say, well, why should we give you this much money to make a sequel when the first one was complete garbage? Yeah. So I think no, that's very true. My, my impersonation that they're placing their bets on the name, not the product. No, you're 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 exactly right. I, I think that's that's exactly what's what's happening with with uh, mm-hmm. Disney and with with uh, the Marvel content right now. They're just yeah. they're just they're just now they're just placing the bet on the name, and yeah. people aren't going to go. I'm sorry, they're not going to go. They're not going to watch it. Nope. I think uh, from what I hear, I still haven't watched that one. She Hulk, I think is is tanking right now, and as far as yes. reviews, critical reviews, and 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 people getting into the show because. I hear it's pretty badly written. Um, I've seen the first three episodes of She-Hulk, yes. and I have been less than enthused. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, there you go, right? Yeah. So, uh, before we get off topic, and, and we're almost yeah. done here today. Um, wow. Yeah, I know, that was, I, I didn't know we were going to go down a Marvel the Marvel road there. That was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I, w- I wanted to pull up some, some facts. I didn't know if you yeah, knew this. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to go back to that though. I real quick, I just want to say going back to Gore. See, the thing is yeah. though, is that the, the redemption arc for these villains, we talked about this, I think before I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the redemption arc for the villains. You know, now in every story, when you see a villain, Automatically in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, there's some sad backstory and he's doing it because he, you know, lost his girlfriend, you know, his girlfriend dumped him back in eighth grade and now he's become a bad guy and then he's going to go and probably find her and they're going to fall back in love and all the bad stuff he did and all the people he killed doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He or she, let's, let's, let's make it uh, uh, equal here. He or she killed doesn't matter. You know, they're going to go off and now they find love and they're okay. The redemption arc thing. I'm kind of tired of it, you know, in, in the movies. I would rather just the bad guys be the bad guys sometimes, you know? I don't know. That's my thought on that anyway. So that's what I kind of like with with Gore. I will say the one cool thing about it was that uh, in the end, you know, obviously uh, no spoilers here because I'm sure everybody's seen it. We, uh, yes, he does, uh, Gore does, uh, his daughter does come back to life. And the interesting thing, I guess, is that there's a question of that does eternity, this entity is in the daughter now. And that, yeah. uh, uh, but anyway, so the daughter comes back to life, Gore dies, and then now uh, Uncle Thor has gets to raise her. So he finds his purpose right. that right. he's been looking for, which is now this girl that he gets to, to raise, this young one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even talked about <laughs> yeah. it. They, they did a little, uh, uh, um, earlier in the uh, uh, movie, they did a little uh, uh, framing of it, right, when he mm-hmm. was talking with... Uh, <laughs> Jane Foster. Oh, I wish yeah. I had a family, and you know, and kids. Yeah, and foreshadowing stuff. there. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. I know it probably doesn't work out in the storyline. I just thought for my own benefit, it would be kind of interesting if now we know in this one that Jane Foster doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting if it's somewhere along the line, uh, love, which is the girl's name, yeah. right? Love, because yep. it's yep. love and thunder, and thunder is obviously yep. Thor. So love become ends up becoming the mighty Thor at some point. That would be kind of interesting. Well, and in a way, Jane does make it. She ends up going up to Valhalla, if uh, you remember. Okay, okay. You know, when she meets, uh, when she meets uh, Idris Elba's character, um, Heimdall, Mm. She meets him up there, and uh, oh, okay, so she still there's still something. See, I don't know yeah. her story either. So, uh, is there is there maybe a, a, a 
possible. That, that I cannot confirm or deny. Because here, here's here's the reality of it. I was thinking, you know, Natalie Portman, I mean, the reality of, of it is that if they were going to continue with movies with her, she is mm-hmm. at an age now where, it, you know, she's she may not be able to continue doing a lot of these movies and the actions, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So I thought maybe yeah. that's why they kind of wrote her character off, basically saying, you know, okay, you know, it's time to, to bring in the next, the right. next group, right? And I'm yeah. not sure, but that was my thought. Um, quick, some little, uh, quick little, uh, tidbits here as far as yeah. that. Did you know that, uh, you probably knew this. Did you know that love was played by Chris's real daughter? Yes. Yeah. I heard, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and actually I think he has three kids and actually okay. all three of them were in the movie. Huh. Okay. And, now that uh, I didn't know. Yeah. So, now, well, because oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, was Idris Elba's son also one of the kids in the movie? Um, uh, yeah, I think they said they had multiple children in there from okay. the actors. Never mind. I went off course. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, anyway, so what, what they said, and I was reading in this uh, article in Bustle, Bustle.com. Mm-hmm. They yeah, were just yeah. talking about it. So yeah, so his his real daughter, uh, I think her name is India. Mm-hmm. Uh, her real name is India. Anyway, she okay. was she was uh, played love in the uh, in in the movie. She did have to audition people, okay. so she just didn't yeah. get the role. But they said because, you know, the, the story takes place where they, they uh, uh, Gore grabs a bunch of the kids from uh, New Asgard mm-hmm. and has them captive. Yeah. And that's and of course that's why he wants Thor there. Um, to bring in Thor. And but he yeah. said that a lot of a lot of the uh, uh, actors, Natalie Portman, um, a lot of the actors that their uh, kids were in this movie as kids in there and got to play. And so they had a pretty cool scene because in the end of it, you know, all the little kids get the power of, of, Thor, of Thor and they're starting to, you know, and they start uh, They're whooping ass. Yeah, they they have their own little infinity war going on there. So it's <laughs> right. kind of cool for the kids. They got to see so yeah, so all three of, of his kids got to be in it. Uh, uh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Uh, hey, I said his name right. Yes, I got it. Congratulations! Folks. Yes. Hey, <laughs> golf clap for Eric. Uh, his, his, I think he has one or two kids. They were in it, and so yeah, so it, it was pretty cool. They got to play all the Asgardian children. I think uh, uh, Chris uh, Hemsworth, uh, young son, got to play him as young Thor even so huh, okay yeah interesting anyway so anyway that was just a quick little uh tidbit on the movie but uh anyway hey folks uh guess what time it is oh is that time to go yep it's that it time is. you hear All the right. music <laughs> you know what we really didn't expect to talk i didn't expect to talk this long on thor but i'm glad we did i'm kind of glad we did in that deep dive yep. about the thor get it all out yeah um <laughs> But anyway, hey, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, please give us a review. Five stars, always the correct number of stars. Yep, and don't forget to like us and leave a comment. Yep, all right. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.